0: This is a significant day in the life of your church, your life, this city. And I want us to pray over this year. I want us to commit this year to the Lord. I want to share a prophetic word that I felt that that God gave me over the last three days. And I shared it with Pastor Ed this morning. And he said, hey, can you share that with the church? See, 2020 was a defining year. See, for some people here today, you've lived <clears throat> excuse me you've lived through World War II or the Vietnam War or, or different <clears throat> moments in time that were defining for you. But in the last 30, 40, 50 years, we haven't had a defining moment like we have gone through in 2020. We're going to look back on 2020 <clears throat> and be able to learn, grow and move forward into all that God has for us. But I want to pray over you. I want to declare this word over the church. In the book of 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 20, here is David and he goes and fights the Philistines. And so you've got to understand this. Back in those days, the Philistines would come raid the harvest. They would come raid and steal the harvest. They, they were the culprits of stopping revival in those days because they would come and steal and take from God's army, and David goes to this place called Bel Perazim. and he fights and he wins. But if you look in Hebrew, Perazim means Lord of the breakthrough. And I want to declare that over your life, over your church, over your city, over your senior pastors, over your leaders, over your life. Over your children, over this city, over this state, over this nation that we are stepping into a day of breakthrough. Lord of the breakthrough. It's not Grant of the breakthrough. It's not Pastor Ed of the breakthrough. It's Lord of the breakthrough church. And I want to declare this today that there is a breakthrough moment coming for salvation. That there is a breakthrough moment coming in miracles. That there is a breakthrough moment coming in advancement of the kingdom of God on the Sunshine Coast. You know, Pastor Ed and Gail have been serving in this city for, what, like 30 years. And I just believe this. So you've got to understand. Uh, and, and, and if you look at Jesus' life, there's three segments to his life. From the ages of 1 to 12, they, That they say this is his growing years. And, and, and it, it, it describes it, I think it's in Luke chapter 2, verse Forty, And then you you have a look at at Luke chapter 2, verse 51 to 52, from the age of 12 to 30. They say that was his sowing years. So the first part of his life was growing. The second part was his sowing years, learning more about God, being in the tabernacle and different things like reading the scriptures. and, And some people also call it the silent years of Jesus. But when he hit 30, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has chosen me. He has anointed me. He has anointed me for such a time as this. And they call that the showing years of Jesus Christ. And I want to declare this over this church. You are the the best kept secret on the Sunshine Coast. Why? Because you have a group of people that love Jesus that love community, that love people. And I just declare that it's year, this year is Lord of the Breakthrough for your life. Let's lift our hands towards heaven right now. Father, we declare right now, Father, over this church, that they are stepping into the greatest days, the greatest years. Lord God, the dreams, the plans, the purposes, the desires, the things that have been on this church for many, many years, Lord God. I pray there'd be an acceleration of your grace. I pray there'd be an acceleration of miracles. I pray there'd be an acceleration, Lord God, all of salvations, Lord God, of dreams, of advancement, Lord God. Father, the last 30 years, has been a preparation for the next three years, Lord God, that you are the Lord of the breakthrough, Lord. And Father, we pray and declare over this city, over Ed and Gale, Lord God, over every single person in City Church, that this year is their year for breakthrough, Lord God. Breakthrough in finance, breakthrough in healing, breakthrough in family, breakthrough in relationships, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. 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 Come on, let's give a huge shout to Jesus this morning. Awesome. 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 You may take your seats, Ben. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much. Too kind. One of the girls sort of. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Us guys never think of stuff like this, do you? Mm, yeah. sorry, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) Is this a speaker? Good. It's far enough away from me, I won't knock it over. Awesome. Well, it's great to be here this morning. And you know what, I want to preach this morning a a message. The last, since October, start of October, I stepped off full-time staff at my, my local church, which I'll explain a little bit later on. And Stepped out back into full-time itinerant evangelism for for just a little season before we step into. We're in a moment of transition now, our family. And, you know, since we've taken that step of faith, I I really felt God give me uh, a word for the church. And I want to share that this morning. And, you know, ever since we stepped back out on the road over the last couple of months, we've seen 177 people respond to Jesus Christ. I even saw at one school assembly recently, well, at the end of last year, I saw forty-seven young people surrender their life to Jesus Christ, and I really believe this: that Jesus is on the move. That there an acceleration coming upon the church, but God is saying, "Who was ready? Who was welcoming it? And who was open for it?" And this morning, I want to call. I want to speak to you about this topic. If you're taking notes, write this down. The title of my message is called Built Up or Burnt Out. So I think there is a fine line between being built up in our most holy faith and being burnt out. And I want to come around this topic today because let's be honest, 2020 was was a challenging year, wasn't it? 2020 was, it was, it was a, a challenging year for every single person. We're in lockdown. We're out of lockdown. We're doing this. We're doing that. We have to do this. We have, man, I don't, I've never used so much hand sanitizer in my whole life. I don't know. Every time I go to the shops now, yeah, I just need another bottle of hand sanitizer. Like, it's crazy what 2020 gave us. But I really believe that it was a defining moment in our time and a refiring for the church of Jesus Christ. But see, as I preach today, I want to preach out of the book of uh, Jude. But I want to just explain the book of Jude to you first. And you've got to understand this today. For us to understand the topic, we need to understand the book we are reading from. And Jude first wanted to write about the salvation of God. But God led him to write about the invasion into the local church. This book was a full letter of strong warnings against false teachings that had slipped in. From about verse 3, I think it is, to about verse 19, it is a strong warning about false teachings that had slipped into the church. Jude was a brother of James, therefore a brother of Jesus. And this book emphasizes a certain judgment on those who live carelessly and teach others to do so. And the importance, the last part of the, 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 this book talks about the importance of a holy living, God's love for you and the perseverance of of his faithful ones. Jude chapter, or Jude verse verse 20, chapter one, verse 20, there's only one chapter. So Jude verse 20 says this, "But you, dear friend, must build each other up in your most holy faith, praying the power of the Holy Spirit." I love what the message Bible says about this. The message Bible says this, "But you." Everyone say, "but you." Look at the person on the other side and say, but you. Look at the person behind you and say, but you. This is the only time you're going to be able to say, but in church. So make the most of it, church. But you, dear friends... Carefully build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the power in the Holy Spirit. Staying right, I love this, staying right at the center of God's love, keeping your arms open and outstretched, ready for the mercy of our Master, Jesus Christ. This is the unending life, the real life. But you. So you've got to understand this. I've spent many years following Jesus now, like a lot of you here in this building today. And I've been following Christ for 19 years and, and I, there's been seasons where I've been full-time itinerant ministry, traveling the world, preaching the gospel. There's been other seasons where I've been running churches, youth ministries and, and campuses and whatnot. But sometimes, and this is what, 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 what scares me a little bit, but sometimes we wait for the leader to come prophesy over our lives. Sometimes we wait for the, the prophet. And, and you've got to understand this, I am not... I have had some incredible prophecies over my life, over my walk, and over things that I've seen come to pass, and some things that I still know are going to come to pass in the future. So I'm not negating the prophecy, but sometimes we wait for the prophet to come in and prophesy over our lives. Sometimes we wait for the evangelist to come through and preach to see people saved. Sometimes we wait for the connect group leader to give us the word. And you know what? We should all be willing and open for someone to speak a word into our lives. But you need to understand this, but you, the best prophet that you will ever meet is the prophet that lives inside of you. And he's called the Holy Spirit. The the best prophet you'll ever meet is the prophet that lives inside of you, church. Like if my kids and my wife were here today, they would tell you this. Some mornings they wake up to hearing this. Yes! Today's going to be a good day. And they're like, oh yeah, dad's up. Because the truth is, church, let's be honest, some days we don't feel like getting out of bed, do we? Some days we wake up a little different than others. Some days life is a little heavier than the day before. But guess what? That's the day you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what? But you, but me, the Holy Spirit is upon my life. He has called me. He has chosen me. And you need to prophesy over your life. Oh, I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, pray in the Spirit at some times and on Sunday occasions. Does it say that, church? No, it says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. See, being built up isn't for a Sunday service, even though we should be built up when we come in worship and fellowship together. I know you're just about to walk into a prayer and fasting season. And can I ask this church that this week, I'm preaching again next Sunday, and next Sunday I'm going to share a whole lot about my journey and my story, and we're going to believe that people are going to get saved in Jesus' name. Can you be praying for that this week? Can you be inviting people this week? Can you be believing with me that we could see the altar filled next Sunday morning with people saying yes to Jesus Christ? But you've got to understand this, being built up isn't for prayer and fasting season. Being built up isn't for, for, for a conference. It isn't for special occasions. It's for every moment of our walk and our life. One Corinthians fourteen four says this: A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. One Corinthians three verse sixteen and seventeen: Do you not realize that altogether we are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God lives in you? God will destroy anyone who destroys the temple, for God's temple is holy, and you are the temple. So we are the temple of His Holy Spirit Church, and we've got to understand this: that, that that sometimes we taint the temple because of the things we watch, the things we listen to, the things we consume, and the things we decide to be a part of. Let's allow the Holy Spirit this year to move through us in a whole new realm. Let's allow the Holy Spirit this year to consume us like we've never been consumed before by Him. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to move through us in 2021 into a new season and a new realm of His grace. And this morning I want to talk to you about three practical keys that will burn you out. But then three keys that will build you up in your life. And the first key this morning when it comes to being burnt out is fatigue. See, fatigue can change the way you think, act, respond, and look at things. But you need to understand this today. Fatigue can be an important part of our growth if we learn how to manage it. See, fatigue, unmanaged, is fatal. But fatigue managed well can take us to the next level. And you've got to understand it's time that the church goes to the next level. See, if you talk to any personal trainer, they will tell you this. If you talk to any personal trainer, like if you go to the gym like myself, you know, I've signed up to about three gyms now and never walked through the doors. 2021, year of breakthrough, in Jesus' name. And and, and the truth is, if you talk to a personal trainer, they say fatigue is your friend. They say fatigue is what you need to get to if you want to grow. So you fatigue your body so far that you get to that point where you're like, man, I cannot go any further. And they say, okay, cool, rest. You rest, the body grows and stretches, and then you go again to the next level. See, you've got to understand this. I know a lot of people that can run, but I don't know a lot of people that can rest. And it's time that we learn how to manage fatigue to take us to the next level. Genesis chapter 2 verse 2 says this, When God had finished all, what did He do? He rested. It's not time for the church to get fatigued and programmed. But it's time for the church to, to rest in His power. Because you know what? This city needs to be saved. This city needs to be won. There's people in your world that need to know about the love, grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. So you've got to understand this today. And I want to explain this. Let's have a look at this today. Serving is a verb. It's something that we do. It's a task we carry out. Servanthood is a noun, a naming word. It defines who we are, our calling. And I know a lot of people that know how to serve. And I've seen a lot of people serve, 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 serve and get fatigued and fade away. But I want to see another new generation. I want to see a new generation rise that know how to go from serving into servanthood. Because we are called to be servants of the Most High God. Servanthood. In Jesus' name. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 to 3 says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and he guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. Rest leads to renewed strength, right paths, and honor to his name. So you've got to understand this today, church. Fatigue without rest is like driving a car without oil. It's not going to get you very far, is it? And we need the fresh touch of His Holy Spirit upon our lives, the fresh oil of God upon our lives in Jesus' name, so that we can move from fatigue into the power of His Holy Spirit. Second thing today that can burn us out is frustration. Frustration. I remember many years ago when I was serving in a local church in in Brisbane, I'd been on staff for about 11 years and I I had run everything except for the the seniors ministry and the women's ministry, which was, praise God, I never had to do that. And and, and the truth, not the women's ministry, you know, the seniors, (laughs) the truth is I'd run everything in that church. And I got to this point in in my ministry where I was like, what's going on? I am super frustrated in my heart. I'm super frustrated in my ministry. What's going on? I I went and spoke to one of my mentors, a a great man of God. And as I sat with him and talking through him a uh, a few different scenarios and things that were going on, he said this simple line to me. He goes, Grant, frustration speaks of two things. Frustration says something needs to change in you. Or frustration says something needs to change around you. I was like, okay, cool. And I I walked away from that, that meeting going, okay, what was he talking about? And I prayed about it and I dwelled on it. And the truth was nothing needed to change in me. I loved my senior pastors. I loved our local church. I loved everything that was happening. My heart hadn't changed for the church. And I went, okay, cool. That's awesome. I like that. Then I went, okay, what's going on around me that needs to change? And I looked at my ministry role and I went, okay, God, what's this mean? And as I prayed and fasted over that, I realized that God was calling me out into full-time ministry as an itinerant evangelist. See, you've got to understand this. Frustration in the Christian walk sometimes can be a dirty word. Frustration should never separate us from God. Frustration should always bring us closer to God. Frustration should never put a chasm between us and the Holy Spirit. Frustration should always bring us to our knees, church, to say, God, what is going on inside of me? What's going on around me? Frustration should always bring us closer to God. See, you've got to understand this. Don't make a decision while in frustration without wise counsel. See, i got wise counsel. He said, my, my, my mentor spoke to me and I listened and I heard and I prayed and then I submitted it back to him and my senior pastor. And they agreed with the decision and the steps that I was taking. Moses was frustrated that his people were caught in slavery. So something had to change around him. And he went and saw God's people get changed and saved. You've got to understand, David was frustrated at himself and his actions in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And Nathan the prophet comes through in 2 Samuel chapter 12 and prophesies over him. See, David had to change something in him. Moses changed something around him. David changed something in him. Frustration should never take us away from God. should always bring us closer. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Come on church. 2021. Let's draw near to God. Let's leave the frustrations of 2020 behind us. Let's leave the fatigue of 2020 behind us. Let's leave the frustration of what 2020 was and step into a brand new day of 2021 and draw closer to God in Jesus' name. Fatigue, frustration, and lastly, the thing that takes us out or burns us out is fighting. Every day is a battle and some days, The battle is harder than others. But Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says this, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authority of the unseen world, against mighty powers at the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Can I say this today, church? Stop fighting against yourself. Stop fighting against your thoughts, your ways, and realign your life with Jesus Christ. See, me and my family, we've just been on a, we're, we're, we're nearly at the end of a six-week trip. Uh, but before Christmas, we drove from Brisbane all the way through to Cairns, ministered all the way up the coast and all the way back down. And now we're on the Gold Coast,er uh, doing some stuff down there before we, we, we step into a new season in late January. But, but you've got to understand this. Before I went on this trip, what did I do? I put my car into the mechanic. He serviced it, he looked over it, he did a wheel alignment, he did everything that needed to be done for the road ahead. And I want to declare this today, church, stop fighting against yourself and realign your heart, life and circumstance to Jesus Christ because he is the great realigner of plans, purposes and dreams in our lives in Jesus' name. First three things that can burn us out. In the last couple of moments I got left before we open up this altar today, I want to talk about three things that can build us up. And the first thing today is build family. See, you got to understand this. We, we, we are called to be the most connected people in this world. So you got to understand this today, that, that if this pandemic last year came through like 10, 15 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do online church. See, they say that, that, that around, I think it's 42% of people... In this world are on social media platforms it's around 3.2 billion people that are on social media platforms but the statistics say that one in four people throughout the world are lonely so you can't tell me that we're in the most connected world when one in four 25 percent of this world's population feels lonely it's time that the church arises and shines and shows this world how to build family It's time that we stand up. We are the best kept secret church. We've got to show people how to do reconciliation. We've got to show people how to restore marriages. We've got to show people how to build families in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says this. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. And see, sometimes we read this scripture and go, oh yeah, cool, I understand. Let's not neglect Sundays. No, 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 no. No, no, no. that's not what it says. It doesn't say that, does it, church? It doesn't say, and let us not neglect Sunday meetings. No, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together. Connect groups, Sunday services. You know what the truth is? When you hear that someone is sick, guess what the church is supposed to do? Get a bottle of oil, go to that house, pray for them and anoint them. That is what the church is called to do. When someone is going through financial struggle, guess what the church is supposed to do? Arise and help them out. When someone is going through turmoil, guess what the church is supposed to do? We're not supposed to get on the back foot, but we're supposed to be on the front foot, showing this world how to build family. I remember many years ago when I was on the road, um, just before, it was not long after my boy was born and, He got very ill and he had this um, lung infection that that got really, really nasty. But I remember the day that I was leaving to go on this six-day ministry trip. Beck's like, hey, Boston's really unwell, but I still want you to go on this ministry trip. Just go and 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 if things get worse, you can can turn around. Okay, cool. So I went and when I landed, I was like, hey, how's everything going? She's like, hey, look, Boston's now in hospital and they've put him in his own room and and, and, and over about six days, every day I'd check in, but Beck kept saying, no, just keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you're doing. And, and the amazing thing along this whole journey is we got two other girls and every day I rang up, that she was like, oh, yes, yeah, so-and-so came up to the hospital and prayed for Boston today. So-and-so dropped a meal off. So-and-so picked the girls up, took them to school and dropped them home. And just miracle after miracle after miracle after people stepping forward and saying, you know what, I'm family. See, the church is called to be a family, not through, uh, 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 through a bloodline, but through relationship. You know, I've got family, but this is the family too. This is the extended family that some people are never going to experience. We need to show this world how to build family. If we can't build family, community and connection, we cannot build the church. It is the foundation. Build family family second thing today is build family build faith bishop td Jakes recently wrote this life is a mystery if you take away the mystery and everything was certain you would not need faith faith functions best when you don't know you know oh, oh, oh midway through 2020 my my senior pastor came to me and and spoke to me and said, hey, Grant, you've been running our, our city campus for two, three years now. It's, it's going great. It's growing. It's moving forward. But I believe there's more in you. And we want to send you out to, to another campus around Australia. And I was like, yeah, cool. Sounds awesome. And, and we were in for that. And we took the whole of June. To pray and fast, me and Beck, and, and, and we, we fasted different things along the journey. We prayed every night together. We read the word every night together. And, and we are seeking God to say, God, is that what you want us to do? So you've got to understand this. In the natural, it was awesome. In the natural, he's like, hey, why don't you go, 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 go do this for another three or four years, and then after that you can be our church evangelist. We'll send you to all our locations. You can do evangelistic crusades. We'll back. I'm like, yeah, in the natural, that's who I am. And that's what I want to do. And as we sought God together, God showed us a different plan. I still remember the day, June the 30th. It was about midnight and me and Beck were going to bed. And I put my head down on the pillow and Beck's like, hey, you need to read this scripture. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. What scripture is it? And she she goes, oh, it's Deuteronomy chapter 30. And I was like, okay, cool, what verse? And she's like, no, 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 not a verse, the whole, the whole chapter. I was like, are you serious? She goes, yeah, you need to read it now. I was like, okay, can you read it to me? She's like, no, okay. Can I put it on the Bible app and pr- press play? No. Okay, can I get up in the morning and read it? No, you need to read it now. I was like, oh, okay. So I hop up reluctantly and sit up and I open up my Bible. And as I started to read the scripture... God just started to download the plan he had for us. God started to download the things he wanted us to do. God started to download the next 10 years of our ministry life. And as I read it, I was like, you know what? I know what we need to do. And she goes, yep, so do I. That's why you need to read it. Okay, cool. You're right again, Beck. Please don't tell her I said that. As we sat there, I knew what I needed to do. The next week I sat with my senior pastor and I said, Hey, look, I, I appreciate your belief in us. I appreciate your prayers for us. I appreciate everything you've done for us. But this is what we feel God is asking us to do. We wanted, we, I wasn't resigning, but I was telling him this is what we feel God wants us to do. I wanted to submit it into your hands. I want you to go away and pray about it now and, and, and let me know what you think. And he came back and he spoke to me and said, yeah, yeah, I think that's God. I don't just think that's God. I believe that's God. And we came up with a a, a plan on me handing over all my roles and resigning. And on October the 4th, uh, 2020, I I finished my last day as the campus pastor and and the oversight for our youth ministry and evangelism programs, all these different things. I handed it all over and I stepped out in faith not knowing what we were going to do, the only thing I said is, okay, cool, well, I'll just go on the road for this next little season. Literally within three days, I had five months worth of engagements invited to me. So you've got to understand this, that's got nothing to do with me, but it's got everything to do with obedience. See, when we're obedient to the call of God, faith will arise, church. When we're obedient to His word, guess what? He opens the doors for us. And literally, just before I went on, the, uh, on this last six or seven week trip, it was late November. The principal of our school, where my kids go, rang me up and said, Hey, Grant, I, 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 I know you've hopped off ministry you know, as a pastor and you're doing a few things. What we want to do is we want to offer you a full-time job as, as a teacher aide. I was like, okay, cool. Can you explain what you want me to do? And he's like, oh, it's simple. This is what I want you to do. It's a Christian school. I want you to mentor young people and I want you to make them, I want you to to, to give them an opportunity to give their lives to Christ. He goes, that that, that's what you need to do. I was like, oh yeah, been doing that for 19 years. I reckon I can do that, no hassle at all. But he said, no, it's a full-time job. And I was like, you know what? I can't do full-time because of what God has spoken to us about. He's like, okay, cool, no hassle. That's that's what we've got. It's all cool, it's not for me. Three days later, he rang me up. He said, hey, Grant, I just can't shake this from my heart. We want to give you three days a week. Can you do three days a week? I was like, you know what? I reckon I can fit three days a week in. So I got offered that job. And then the the church that we're going to be a part of in in this year, on on January 24th will be our first Sunday. Literally the next day, the senior pastor of that church, Pastor Steve Kennedy, my father-in-law rang me up and said, hey, Grant, I know you heard from God just to come be with our church. But we actually want to invite you to be our associate pastor now. See, back on June the 30th, when I heard from God, I did not know any of that was going to happen. The only thing I had was obedience church. And I want to encourage you in 2021, let's keep our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our spirits open in obedience to God. See, Hebrews chapter 11 says this. It says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for and the evidence of things we cannot see. See, we are healed by faith, aren't we, church? We are set free by faith. We are restored by faith. We are redeemed by faith. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We can pray for the sick and see them healed by faith. We can live by faith, step out by faith. We can pray for people by faith. We can give by faith. We can speak up by faith. We can love people that have hurt us by faith. We can be released from that pain by faith. And guess what? We're not saved by our great works. We're not saved by our great deeds. We're not saved by anything else but faith. Taking our faith in us and placing it in the hands of God. It's the only way we can be set free. My challenge to us this year, build family, build faith. What are you going to step out into? What are you going to step forward into this year, church? Build family, build faith. And lastly, if the worship team wants to join me, build the fire of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4 says this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then they what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone presented was filled or present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So you've got to understand this church. We're not called to be pentecostals are we? We are called Pentecostals for a reason. And that doesn't mean that we be arrogant. That doesn't mean we walk around thinking we're better than anyone else. That doesn't mean we walk around the streets or along uh, uh, a Esplanade where everyone's having breakfast. You all need to be saved. No, no, no. We have the presence of God that lives inside of us. We have the power of heaven that ignites our faith every single day that lives inside of us, church. And we don't need to be arrogant, but we need to walk in the authority that God has given us. And we've got to stop being quiet, but the church needs to start standing forward and standing up for what we believe in. But it comes from building the fire of God in our lives. There's this amazing tree in, in southern, I think, in northern California, in northern parts of America called the lodgepole pine tree. They say it grows up to about 140 feet tall. Massive tree, amazing tree. But every year it drops seeds onto the ground. Every year it has the ability to produce fruit. Every year it has the ability to see growth. Every year it has the ability to see new things. Every year it has the ability to go to another level. But you've got to understand this today, church, that that actual seed will never germinate until the fire comes through. In its DNA, in its genetics, that seed will never produce fruit until a fire comes through and it heats up to a certain temperature, then it opens up and allows it to bear fruit. My word for you today, some people in this place, whether it was last year, the year before, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, God has given you a dream. God has given you a plan. God has given you a dream for your life, for your family, for your children. But it's been a long time since you've allowed the Holy Spirit to come through, to reignite that dream. To see the fruit come forth. To see, to see that seed grow into fulfillment. It's time. It's time, church. You know, for many, many years we have, and I'm not saying your church has done this, but I, I, I've seen many churches do this. We have focused so heavily on programs. Oh, I'm a massive believer in this. Program facilitates Christianity. It facilitates us. I'm not saying I'm not against programs. We need programs to continue to grow, to continue to change things, to take us to a new level. But it's the power of God that changes things. Program will only ever facilitate things. The power of God has the ability to change things. And I don't know about you, but I want to see change in our city. I don't know about you, but I want to see change in our state. I don't know about you, but I want to see change in this world. I don't know about you, but I want to see this place become the great south land of the Holy Ghost that got prophesied many years ago. I want to see this place become a place that is the power of God moves through, that people will be saved, set free, restored, renewed, rescued in Jesus' name. Do you want to see that today, church?